The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. New legislation in order to reduce the number of fatalities that have occurred on Irish roads this year. Uh, we're also going to take a look at the reallocation of Dublin City Centre road space to buses and can it work? Joining me now is uh, Conor Faulkner, tra- transport commentator and consultant and CEO of the RIAC. Conor, good morning. Hello, Pat. So what do you make of the uh, Jack Chambers measures? Well, uh, not much and I don't want to be unkind. I, I think um, government has rather suddenly come to the realisation that road safety is slipping, deteriorating badly. Look, this is a tragic stat, but we won't dwell on it, but we know we're going to be at least 30% worse this year. So road safety is going south. Why is that happening? To my mind, the single biggest reason is that they've allowed the traffic core to diminish. It's only half its strength. That should be acknowledged and should be front and centre of the solution. It frustrates me a bit when instead of acknowledging that, we brainstorm up new laws. That happens all the time. So what's going to happen today is essentially a brainstorm of some theoretically nice new laws. Um, One is the reduction of speed limits right across the country by lowering the defaults. That could be a bad thing as well as a good thing because they're supposed to be set locally by local authorities to consistent guidelines. And I fear a fresh proliferation of self-evidently stupid speed limits peppering the net. And that they are giving the local authorities uh, the right judiciously to choose higher limits than the blanket would uh, that is being suggested in the law if they feel the road is safe. In other words, blame them if anything goes wrong. Yeah, I know. But they're, they're doing this kind of thing, giving them discretion to have higher limits where the local council thinks it's appropriate. Which is a bit Pontius Pilate across the whole piece, really. And it, and, and it will be the father of inconsistency again across the network. Fundamentally unfair to a motorist when the road doesn't change, the weather doesn't change, the layout doesn't change, you cross an invisible county boundary and the speed limit changes and suddenly you're guilty of an offence. So I'm not really... There, there are things we have to do to fix speed limits, but I certainly don't see that as, as, a, as a, a strategic blow to improve the road safety situation. The, the other thing they're talking about is some tightening of penalty points and closing a couple of loopholes. Um, and, you know, again, I've no problem with that, but it, it's not strategic. Uh, and the one idea that they've parked for the time being is a sort of slightly creative one, whereby they might double penalty points on a bank holiday weekend. And, you know, again, OK. And some countries have tried things like that in New South Wales at the moment, they have an experiment running whereby if you stay offence-free for one year, you can get one point reduced off your uh, off your sanction. And people are saying maybe that's a good idea, maybe not. But again, fundamentally, you're just tweaking with the knobs here. You're not changing anything fundamental. And of course, without enforcement, it doesn't matter. And, and what... all done without even properly acknowledging what really is going wrong, which is enforcement. So remember 10 years ago, we, we for one year anyway, we statistically had the safest roads on the planet, bar none. Irish road safety record was better than Sweden, better than the UK. Happened about 10 years ago. What were we getting right then that we're not getting right now? And it wasn't double penalty points on a bank holiday weekend. It was Gardaí. So they've got to fix that problem or at least acknowledge that that is the problem rather than just, you know, yet again, new ideas for new laws. The idea of uh, being able to apprehend someone um, who gives a sample 
and I'm not sure what the sampling technique is mm. for drugs. We're talking about drugs now rather yeah. than alcohol. And they can keep you under arrest until they get the results back. What's that about? Yeah, well, there, there, there's a, a roadside mouth swab test currently. Uh, and that's what they use for sort of field screening. Mm-hmm. And I recall when, when a digital alchemeter in the Garda station was introduced 20 years ago now, there was actually a Supreme Court challenge and it's centred around the validity of the detention. So if a person has to wait 15 minutes before they can fail use the sample machine, the constitutional question was, is that 15 minutes of detention um, constitutionally appropriate? Mm-hmm. Or does it convey? And you know what? Fair point in the civil rights sphere. Uh, and it did ultimately need a Supreme Court decision. So I think it's around closing that one off where drugs are concerned. Um, and again, How long does it take to get the test back? Does well, it, it, it depends on what you're testing for. I know the mouth saliva test, is, is, which is a swab, gives a fairly quick result. Um, but I, I, I believe that that screening result then requires you to take uh, either give a sample or take a more comprehensive test. Mm. But if you clear that sample, yeah. off you go. I off you go, you. unless again there's there's another reason because you could be impaired by something else. You could be on, you know, you could be on legal medica- uh, medications that you've that you've taken wrongly or something. It's not necessarily the cannabis or the cocaine that's being swabbed for. And if you're impaired by anything, that's an offence. Um, this uh, text, uh, reducing speed limits and lack of enforcement. I pass on average two go-slow vans per journey on my 100 kilometres each way commute. Mm. Reducing speed limits on good main roads will do little for safety due to reduced concentration, not to mention adding, in my case, 30 to 40 minutes extra time on the road. It, well, so people not making due progress would have failed you your driving test years ago. Yeah, indeed. And look, we have changed culturally in the last 20, 25 years. I think rightly and appropriately. I think general speeds have come down. Our road safety standards have improved enormously. And as I say, there was a year when we were top of the league, like Leicester City. We actually won it one year. Um, and we've fallen down the league table since. So I'm not sure that we need to um, do much more than get back to the knitting, go back to physically doing diligently the stuff that we know works um, week in, week out, yeah. month in. Yeah. Interesting thing here, shock advertising is no longer a feature of the road safety programme mm. and it doesn't reach uh, young drivers who today watch less TV or no TV. I mean, you have to be on social media if you're going to hit them. Yeah. But uh, the no more shock advertising. Well, that was a deliberate tactic for a while. And actually it was copying an Australian model, which mm-hmm. had been really, really effective. And the Irish ads were powerfully effective for a long period of time. People will still remember them and talk about them. And they always tested in research as being really, really, really impactful. A couple of things happened. Um, firstly, we kind of got used to it. You know, the first time yep. you saw Pulp Fiction, you were on the edge of your seat and now you just channel hop past the juicy bits. And we, we sort of got in, in, immune to it. The other thing more significantly is the RSA has sort of lost its support and its budget and its leadership role. I mean, road safety isn't a cabinet post anymore. RSA's star has been allowed to diminish a bit and they actually deserve to have the resources to invest in those sort of things again, but they don't mm. currently. Um, I'm to ask you this one Uh, why do driving instructors teach learner drivers about progression in a manner that teenagers use to justify 
ratcheting from zero to a hundred in jig time. My son uses this to speed. It's madness. Yeah, he's wrong. The son is wrong. Uh, I, I mean, keeping up in a smooth manner with general traffic and acting in sympathy with all the other road users around you is a natural part of good driving. Uh, it doesn't mean you rocket off from a stand, standing start. It clearly doesn't mean that. In the same way that if you're on a road where the speed limit is 100 kph, it doesn't mean that 100 kph mm. is the only acceptable cruising speed. It means 100 kph is the maximum speed permitted in ideal circumstances. Um, so we we do have to adjust to the fact that, yeah, there's other traffic on the road. That will mean moments of impatience for you. You have to live with it. You have to drive properly. Uh, what happens if you're taking prescription opioid medication for pain? Would you fail a roadside test then? Well, it depends what you're being screened for. Uh, and for type, I think conceivably for types of opioids. But if you're taking those... Um, on the instruction of your doctor and in accordance with the script that you've been given, then there's no reason why you shouldn't drive if your doctor tells you you can. Okay, but you have to produce the prescription then, do you, well, on you the roadside in, you if you're stopped? You would evidence, ultimately. Uh, I'm not sure you'd have to produce the prescription. No, but I mean, roadside, if, for example, you fail the test yeah. and you are on prescription meds, they haul you to the guard station and detain you until they get a result, and yet you are approved to drive presumably under the law, yeah. by your doctor. Yeah. What, uh, what then? Well, I, I mean, that, are we looking at litigation? I, I think that's a bit of an edge case, Pat, and I suppose conceivably it's true. You've, but got, I mean, to cover, you've got to cover all of this off in the law. Do, you do, and I suppose from a guard's point of view, it, 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 that guard in that circumstance might say, OK, I, I have a reasonable basis for suspicion here, which gives me the right to check. Um, mm. And again, we might be back in the Supreme Court discussing the constitutionality of that, but the practicality of it, I guess. Um, Tell Connor it's up to drivers to improve road safety, not just Gardaí. I have driven from Carlo to Waterford this morning, dull, overcast, but so many drivers with no lights, mm. uh, plus none of them using their indicators appropriately. That's uh, that one there. Uh, last weekend, a young lad was parked for most of the day about a mile from our house. Sadly, he had driven many miles and did not know where he was. He was under the influence of drugs. Mm. Uh, this one suggests that the, the government should fix and upgrade the roads on the basis of the enormous road tax we pay mm. to drive upon them. That's from Mick and Cork. Um, another one, unless buses, and this brings us to another uh, topic, uh, unless buses run 24-7, city streets would be less safe at night due to the absence of passing traffic. Would you walk from O'Connell Street in Dublin to the end of Grafton Street at 2am if the only sound around was footsteps and in a related way as a truck driver who does regular medical deliveries to city centre hospitals I can tell you the amount of space now taken over for cyclists and buses is just crazy. Roads are now so incredibly narrow that trucks and buses can hardly pass each other without clashing mirrors a very dangerous situation. This fetish by the Green Party and Dublin City Council to force motorists off the roads needs to be stopped Hmm. and that is something else we wanted to talk about this morning. They're going to take um, cars mm-hmm. off the north and south keys in Dublin, off Nassau Street, and where else? Um, well, it, it, the keys essentially is, and, and they're they're extending the bus gate at um, College Green and Beresford Place. But if you if you look at a mental picture of Dublin, essentially it will become really really difficult to drive through the city. They say that they're trying to facilitate driving to the city as a destination, but they want in all contexts to discourage through traffic. And, OK, so I want to go to the Abbey Theatre. Mm, I live in Lucan. Yeah. Um, and, you know, maybe I live in one of those suburban housing estates that is not served by yes. a bus service easily. So inevitably, I'm probably going to take the car. How do I get from, say, the entrance of the Phoenix Park to the Abbey Theatre if they close off 
the North Keys? And the answer is with tremendous difficulty. Uh, and maybe you can navigate your way through to the multi-storey in Smithfield or walk from there. Maybe you can take the Lewis further out. OK, I'm in a wheelchair. Yeah, I, I accept that. And it's been one of the criticisms that I've made. And, and this is an evolution thing. I mean, Dublin City Council have been progressing this for quite a long time. Um, and on the one hand, Dublin had a massive traffic problem, massive air quality problem. They wanted to get general traffic out, facilitate public transport. We all get that. We're reaching a stage now, though, where, where it really is squeezing people out of the city centre, not just cars. And, and I've said to Dublin City Council to remind them again that within the lifetime of this policy, every car you're talking about is going to be a zero-emission electric vehicle. Um, so so what it can't then, be about pollution. Yeah, what then is your reason for still hating them and wanting them out of your city? And the other thing that I would point out is that we are seeing the donut city effect in Dublin. Dublin has struggled to recover from the pandemic more so. I, I, when I say Dublin, I mean the city centre has struggled more than... Uh, the peripheral suburbs. I, I'm working the RAAC now in Dawson Street. You see it every day. I mean, it, the, the working population has diminished enormously. There really aren't Mondays and Fridays. The buzz has dropped down. Trading in Dublin is more difficult than in the suburban shopping centres. And um, what does victory look like if you're Dublin City Council? And if the only thing that you're counting and your key measure of success is, did I stop cars? Now, is, is that a diesel car and an electric car? doesn't matter. Did I stop cars? And if that's your only measure of success, then congratulations. Dublin City Centre mm-hmm. looks like a success. Okay. But if you're a business in Dublin City Centre, it sure as hell doesn't feel like a success. Not at the moment. All right. So I'm getting from Lucan to the Abbey Theatre. I'm just doing this in my mind's eye. Mm. So I drive down the quays and I trundle along past the four courts, yeah. past Cable Street, uh, which uh, is blocked off to yes. all traffic now. Uh, then I finally find a turn left at Jervis Street. Mm. I go down to Parnell Street. I turn yeah. right onto Parnell Street. I then queue for quite a long time to get onto Parnell Square. If I make the mistake of going all the way around past the Gate Theatre, can't go down O'Connell Street, I must turn left. Then I go up left and I'm trying to turn to Mulb Street. Sorry, not allowed. Mm. Then I go to the next uh, turn, Garden Street, I'm not allowed. So I'm thinking, how in God's name do I would, I, I, I would imagine your Google Navigator would just throw up in bewilderment. So, so what I have to do is I have to go back somehow to where I used to be. That was on Parnell Square. Yeah. And instead of turning down by the Gate Theatre, I go straight across by Finlater's Church and eventually find myself on Gardner Street then. Yeah. And, I and then I look around for a car park that I can actually make my way to and I can't get to the Abbey Street car park. Yeah, and I guess the city's answer, um, whether it's a good one or a bad one, is when you are sitting in the Abbey Theatre, you'll hear the ting of the Lewis uh, just outside. And I guess the city's answer would be there's public transport access to the Abbey. Um, now, I, I, I again, take the Abbey and microcosm, I, I, I'm, I'm not convinced that's a good enough explanation and you do want to believe that your city council is on your side and when I say on our side I mean on the side of prosperity in in a calmed and pleasant uh, Dublin city centre you know that's the cake we want to bake Uh, but when it comes to the recipe as I say Dublin city council seems to some degree fixated on the importance in inverted commas of preventing people arriving by car Uh, and if you do that en masse remembering that you're now talking about electric cars and you're talking about a much quieter city centre where you don't have the work more's the pity you don't have the working population and you don't have that sort of critical mass congestion now is happening outside of the city centre 
rather than within it. But Dublin City, Dublin City Council is cracking on and on and on and on. And what do they win? What do we get in the end if you have a city centre that is so calm that I can go through from one side to another on my bicycle and I could play golf on O'Connell Street? Um, but, you know, come darkness, there's only the sound of my footfalls and there's no evidence of commerce and there's no evidence of buzz. Um, and you feel that a bit in Dublin City Centre at the moment and the, and the council's policies should be around fixing that. Um, so they may need to reassess. Brendan O'Brien is one of the leading figures in there and they have done enormous good work, I have to say, and they will have detailed counterpoints to everything I've said now. And these things aren't easy. Um, but nevertheless, I, I think the council are realising um, that, for example, if there's literally no traffic in Dublin City Centre in the wee small hours of the morning, you, you've made the city a less welcoming place, not a more welcoming place. And I think they do have to appreciate that. More comments. Many dangerous signs are invisible due to hedges uh, growing and no mm. one seems to care. That's from Pat. And there's uh, a budget for that. Local authorities are responsible, but yeah. A prescription gives you the legal right to take the opioid, but the drug contraindications might say, and will say probably, yeah. don't drive. Um, if there are 100 Gardaí in unmarked cars constantly driving on the roads, then they would easily catch all the people who speed past them. And word would get out that there are unmarked Garda cars. So any car could be a Garda car, not just in the old days it used to be the blue Mondeo. Yeah, well, there's, the black there's, Mondeo. there's supposed to be a balance between covert and overt. And the Gatso vans always part of the deal, they're the overt. We'll tell you where they're going to be and you'll see them. That's supposed to be balanced with a degree of covert um, figuratively speaking, the guard hiding behind the shelter, but a degree of it. Um, but the problem is with the traffic core, half its natural size, those are the type of activities that don't happen. My wife and I live in a small seaside town in Wexford. We walk every day. The whole area is designated 50 kilometres per hour, but nobody abides by, uh, by the 50 kilometre limit. It won't change when it changes to 30 kilometres. No, no one will abide by it. The decision is an expensive joke, says uh, Peter, because it will be expensive to change all mm. of those signs. Uh, whatever happened to Operation Free Flow at Christmas? Not enough attention. And uh, Guardi on the beat, um, from Guardi on the beat, to things happening in the towns and at traffic lights. Um, clamp people who are speeding. Make them stay at the spot for an hour. That's where it'll hurt them. Late for meetings, late for picking up children. If you're allowed to do it for parking offences, why not for speeding offences? For most people, the money and the penalty points are not a huge uh, deterrent. That's a, an interesting idea, isn't it? Yeah. You, it, you detain them on the spot for an hour and, you know, you don't guard the standing there looking at them for mm. an hour. So clamp them. Well, you, well you, pretty draconian. It is draconian, and 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 you know, to my mind, it's it's just not a great idea. And again, punishing individuals with ever greater severity in, instead of monitoring more general behaviour is not a good solution, in my view. By the way, uh, just to that caller, the data would disagree with them. There's very strong evidence that the penalty point system really works as a deterrent. Clear proof of that: somebody with two penalty point incidents on their license is actually less likely to commit a subsequent offence than some with zero. The yellow card system works and, and the data proves it. Uh, no point in banning cars in Dublin until a proper metro is in place. The red line is at capacity. Model Dublin against a city like Munich and look at the disparity. Dublin is a disaster. 
I mean, that's the bottom line. And yeah. I keep on saying there's no cheaper time to dig than now. Yeah, it's ab- only going to get more expensive. So just do it. Absolutely. Get on with it. Absolutely. And then we're having a much, much better conversation. And we will persuade people to stop wastefully coming into the city centre in a car when they don't need to. We've never built good quality public transport and had it ignored. It's always immediately full. Build the public transport rather than building roadblocks effectively. No, you put up yeah. roadblocks and there'll be no traffic, but that's no sort yeah, of victory. Dublin is ugly at the moment with all the bits and pieces and bollards and markings and uh, yeah. barriers. And You feel it when you, when you travel abroad yeah. and compare. Um, does Connor think that cars have far too many gadgets in them now, causing distractions and leading to accidents. Yeah, the, and there's, and in fact we, I think we spoke about that during the year patch. Um, yeah, a lot of motorists declare themselves to be confused by all the bells and whistles on a modern car and you'll hear people saying things like why is it doing that? How do I go back to this? Mm. How do I go back? To-? So yeah, it definitely happens. Uh, traffic light sequencing throughout Dublin, but particularly Dublin city centre, so short allowing only a few cars through at a time, it causes traffic congestion presumably deliberately uh, to give cause to ban cars to city centre on the basis of artificially exaggerated traffic congestion. Stop-start is also bad for fuel economy and worse for the environment. That's from Ian in Dublin. Uh, and I've seen the sequencing. It's it can It's supposed to be all coordinated. And now and again, one junction will lose connection to the network, and it Is will revert to a timer, so it can sort of wink on and off, oblivious to what its neighbours are doing, and that can feel. But there's no, and it's not a conspiracy. Well, maybe it is a conspiracy theory, Pat. <laughs> but a lot of people will just get the impression that it's done on purpose, just as a little spite bomb, just to make your journey. Interesting one. In the Phoenix Park, nobody sticks to the 30 kilometre speed limit, particularly those heading to guard the headquarters. (laughs) Well, never speed checks in the park. Anyway, Connor, thank you very much for uh, ventilating all of that with us. Connor (laughs) Faulkner, who's a transport commentator and CEO of the RI. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am. On News Talk.